everybody to the resistance broadcast i'm john thank you so much for joining us on our news show we're going to be talking about this week's news that's going on in a galaxy far far away well it's going on here it's about a galaxy <laughs> far far away uh and it happened a long time ago so it's not really news is it it's more of like reflecting on things that happened uh but anyway you get the deal uh with me as always is james and Lacey, and this is our uh, live show. If you're uh, in the chat, thank you for joining us. Um, if you are listening on your podcast app, you're like, it's not really live, John, is it? It's just on your podcast app. And that's cool either way. But my point in bringing that up is however you take in TRB, whether it's on a podcast app or on YouTube, uh, subscribe to your preferred platform. So if uh, you see our new channel, maybe you're an audio listener, you like us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple, or Podbean, or uh, pocket cast there's a bunch of them mm-hmm. we should be everywhere um also do us a favor and head to uh youtube.com slash at the little at sign from your email stuff the resistance broadcast so youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast and click subscribe to the channel uh we are uh getting close to 1000 subscribers which is a huge milestone for us it allows us to re-enter the youtube creator program because uh, we had to start over we started this new channel so all of your support uh helps us a great deal because there's a lot of channels with a lot of subscribers and we're just trying to get our way back up the hill a little bit here. So thank you to everybody who's been supporting us there. Uh, And if you are, of course, watching now on YouTube, just hit that button just in case you haven't yet. Hit that subscribe button, like the video, leave a comment, all that good stuff. But if you are with us in the chat, sit back, relax, have a good time, leave some comments if you'd like, and uh, we'll engage with you as we go on. But James Lacey, how how are we doing, folks? uh, We're we're really going to get into it here because the... There's a lot to talk about, but before we do, uh, let's just acknowledge the fact that Diego Luna is heading to the Golden Globes, and he is the second Star Wars actor in history to receive a Golden Globe nomination. Can you guess who the other one is? Um, no, not Adam Driver. Isn't it? Didn't you Pedro Pascal get one, or right? is it John Carlo Esposito? I think it's Mandalorian uh, related. It is not. Well, it'd have to be because oh. we have it. Oh, it's not? No, no, no. Oh, Fennec Shand? No. <laughs> or, uh, well, she got a Saturn Award for Best Female something, right? Right. Uh, that would mean not one, is what I meant to say when I said Fennec Shand. Okay, who was it, John? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Alec Guinness. Oh. Alec Guinness in a losing effort. Wait, wait, 19- wait. I thought this was for Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, he was in Star Wars, the first he one. He got a Golden Globe for Star... Oh, wait, wait, that's right. I'm thinking Emmys. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, 1978 Golden Globes. He was nominated. He did not win, but he Can was you get nominated. Golden Globes for television? I guess so. Yeah. I'm so confused. Right? <laughs> I'm so confused. I think James because, is confused. But that's okay. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I'm the one that's confused. I'm thinking because... You can do TV and, TV and movies yeah. or Golden Globes. That's yeah. weird. Emmys okay. or TV. That's why I'm so confused because I'm like, it's either movies Oscars or TV. Or movies. And we're clearly talking about yeah, how Golden he Globes. got one. So this is a TV related thing. Okay. Yeah, Golden right. Globes is the Never one mind. where they're all sitting at a dinner table and it feels casual. And Ricky Gervais tells them all how terrible they all are. Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's it's honestly my favorite uh, award show over the Oscars because it's just chaos sometimes. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so congrats anyway 
on the nomination to Diego Luna for Andor. Uh, we kind of thought that was coming, so I'm sure there's going to be more nominations for that series as we go forward because it is that more artistic, uh, angled uh, version of Star Wars. I think um, we're going to get a lot more awards for that. Like yeah, supporting yeah. stuff. Oh. Have they not announced that stuff yet? I don't. I think that's it for Golden Globes. But I. I don't know if Emmy awards have been uh, revealed yet for I don't this believe so. season. So that we may get some more there. Um, but anyway, pretty cool. Pretty cool that he got it. And you know what's kind of crazy? Uh, this is maybe a hot take, whatever. But I said this throughout the TRB live during Andor. Is I don't even know that he was the best in that series. So I think there is more award nominations coming, but I am happy for him that he got. I thought Stellan Skarsgård was the best. Him and Genevieve O'Reilly were probably my favorites with the follow-up of Andy Serkis, only because Genevieve and Luthen were in, uh, Stellan Skarsgård were in it more. But that doesn't take away the impact that Andy Serkis had on the show. Andy Serkis, yeah. And um, uh, what's her name who played Daedra? Um, She was really good too. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, but cool. It's it's cool seeing Star Wars get that recognition. At, at George Lucas, you know, he was never really into awards. He he didn't like the guilds and stuff like that. So it wasn't his scene. He was more of like the outsider. But mm-hmm. I think sometimes for fans, they like validating their fandom of something because people nerds get made fun of for things we like. You know, when we're outside it's our bubble, true. and you could say like, uh, my dude got nominated for a Golden Globe, so you can eat it. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, before we uh, get rolling into talking about the news, uh, just so everybody knows, next Thursday, we are going live. Uh, that's going to be on December 22nd, so our last show before Christmas. And we're going to have a holiday party, our live show. We're going to talk Star Wars, of course, but it's going to be more lighthearted and fun. And we're going to do a giveaway in the spirit of the holiday season. And we're going to do some unboxings. The three of us are going to unbox uh, a gift, so to speak, and uh, take a look at that with you on the live show and maybe dress all festive and that sort of thing. So we hope you join us. Bring some eggnog, bring some blue eggnog, whatever you got, (laughs) and we'll have a good time next week on our TRB live holiday party. So that should be a good time. You guys excited for that? Of course. I love festive things. Not that you can tell. I don't give it away. I kind of hold it. I know. I don't really like show how festive I am. I just kind of like, I like being festive. And, and (laughs) if you're a patron at the Admiral level or up the, there's an after party. So we're going to be doing our bi-monthly call where we get on zoom and hang out with our admirals, generals and spice runners. And, uh, yeah, after party, little VIP after party. So if if you're yeah, not, we're gonna play games, do give away some cool stuff. Yeah, so. and if if yeah, if you're not if you're not too tired from the live party, come to the after party if you're an admiral and up. So <laughs> it's gonna be it's always those calls are always a good time, but I feel like during the holidays, especially with I'm not gonna have you know work the next day. Uh, it might be it might get a little little fun, might a little bit more fun with a couple of drinks, mm-hmm. who knows? But anyway, I am excited for that. Um, I'm excited to talk about this news though. You know, there's a lot of cool stories to get into uh, some what's going to happen and some exciting about the future type of stuff. And of course, Boba Fett. So uh, you guys ready to talk? Yeah, I am. All right, James. Resistance, report us. It's the resistance. Now, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't even know where to go with this because it wasn't shortly. You did, you did the thing. You just did the thing that you hate. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Yeah. Like that whole, like a little show called, you know? Yeah. That's a little different, but yeah, but, it's, <laughs> but still the same idea. Yeah. I did do it. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know where to start with this because just re- very recently we were like, so that's it. You know, rogue one, um, is you gone. squadron rogue squadron is gone and then but two weeks ago we're like oh well then maybe it's back and then like just now we get like confirmation that it pretty much is back like um patty jenkins took to twitter and she's not the only one side note we could talk about dc right now but she's not <laughs> the only one that is like you know using iOS notes to write something out and screenshot. Oh, oh the notes. <laughs> yeah, posts. You know, we yeah. missed those, you know, COVID took to... away those for a while, but they're back. <laughs> Starting it by verbalizing sigh. Yeah. Sigh. Um, but we got this like open letter about everything that's going on and how messed up it all is because it was this thing. Patty Jenkins, she, she posts this thing and says, you know, and I'm going to paraphrase the whole thing, but it's, it's, long story short um yeah i was working on rogue squadron then i it came up that i needed to do wonder woman 3 and that was priority for me so i said i gotta go do wonder woman 3 that needs to be done and i worked it out with with star wars and and kathleen kennedy and everybody that after that was finished i'd be able to come back and do rogue squadron um and then now I'm in the mix where I'm finding out that Wonder Woman 3 is not happening. Now, this whole thing has more to do with DC and the cancellation of her movie than it does about Rogue Squadron. But if you're looking at it, you go, oh, then this has nothing. That Rogue Squadron was never canceled. It was never off the books. It was, to be fair, as they said, pushed back indefinitely. We don't, we don't know exactly when. It's still happening, but we're pushing it back. We took that as yikes. That's done. That's not happening. Which and is a normal that, response, by the way, to these yeah. types of things. Yikes. <laughs> and then Wonder Woman 3 is canceled. She's very upset about it. She comes in and explains the whole situ- situation of how she put she put Star Wars on the back burner to do this. And now they're taking it away from her. And as Star Wars fans, well, I mean, as DC fans were like, oh, yeah, that sucks. This is awful. More power to you. This is a bad situation. As Star Wars fans, we go, so let me let me just ask you, what does that have to do with Rogue Squadron? Are you still doing Rogue Squadron? Is that what you're saying? Um, And I think that's that's in the tea leaves here. It looks like most likely now Rogue Squadron is back because she it's not confirmed. It was next on her thing. This other thing's canceled. So. I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm going to let John go first. Go ahead, John. John. I feel like only because the whole Henry Cavill thing, I'm going to let him go first. Well, yeah, I was going to say, is Henry Cavill attached to Rogue Squadron? Because (laughs) Please. They'll send Henry Cavill Cavill to the New York Stock Exchange to ring the bell and be like, I'm back. I can't wait to fly an X-Wing. And then like the next day. It's like what? Henry Cavill, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Maverick, Maverick, Top Gun. You know, like it's, it's all just kind of crazy that you know October they were like, "Yeah, you can say you're back." And he's like, "Okay, I'm back." And then they're like, "Nah, all this is gone." Well, that was before James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which means yeah. that whole James Gunn thing did that happen that fast? I can't imagine that being that fast. 
So I think he like, came in, you know, big style and said, this is, I'm, I'm wiping this and this. But I guess that, what I'm saying is around. the behind the scenes process of changing a CEO of a major studio uh, has to have been happening for a while behind the scenes. And then you would think they would say like, Hey Henry, don't go out and say stuff. But mm-hmm. he does. Maybe he, go, he goes on Josh Horowitz. Josh Horowitz goes, I'm so happy I get to say this. Welcome back, Superman. And he gets a big smile on his face. He's all happy. He's like, I can't wait to play a, a hopeful version of the character. He even says that. And then they just yeah. rip his heart out again in ours with but, it. But you also have to admit that you, we just went through the changing of a CEO very quickly and very drastically over at Disney. I yeah, and who knows how quick that was too. But I I guess yeah to get to bring it back to the Rogue Squadron, um, I still don't think this movie's gonna happen. Um, I don't even after her saying that. Yeah, because I don't know that anything she said here like changed anything for me. Like mm. all from what Kathleen Kennedy said, and I like I wrote down everything that we know from the timeline of quotes people said and when they said them. So I'll run it through it quick and try to give my reasons why I think this way. I okay. would lo- love to see it. An, X- an X-Wing movie, cool. That'd be awesome. I like. I mean, we all said that when they made that announcement video. We were pumped. Yeah, yeah. so December 2020, they announced it with that uh, <laughs> very interesting video with Patty Jenkins and the rollerblades and her flight suit and talking about her dad was a fighter pilot. You could tell it meant something to her, and I remember us saying we really liked that a lot. That was really cool. Um. And we know a big produced announcement like that was probably not meant for a webcast. That was probably meant for a big screen at Celebration in August, which was canceled that year. So they waited till December. They gave it to us then. Uh, And then she was saying she left Rogue Squadron after a long and productive creative process, which made it impossible to film and make its release date. That's not productive if you're not that making... That sounds like creative differences that we like to that, hear from There's Lucas nothing film. productive. Like That's the opposite of productive if you're not going to make your release date. And <laughs> when, the movie, when the movie was announced... Imagine if was, you had your... If you put that in like normal work terms, if you said to your boss, like, look, I'm being super creative and productive, but I'm not going to hit that deadline. I'm not... Would they sit like... You were perfect. productive today. Yeah. Great. No. So... I think why she means productive is she was trying to put a positive spin on the process and that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. A lot of this seems like a PR jargon and you got to read between the lines. In my opinion, I wish she was more candid about it and like sort of was like burn the room down, but I get she wants, you know, she's a working director, but to me, they, when they released it, this, this took over that slot, that 2023 right. slot. Cause everyone else left Benioff and wise were supposed to do that. They left a, a year before that. Right. Um, so it, they had issues and there were multiple reports of them having issues. So then she goes back to, to wonder woman three, her commitment to that because she did the first two. If I was a director, I'd want to finish that too and complete that sort of trilogy. trilogy, Yeah. Regardless of how the second one was received. Um, And then like Lucas, like the thing that bothered me the most was she said like Lucasfilm essentially reached out to her to make a new deal with her to say like, Oh, well then, all right, that's fine. Go do that. And then will you come back then and do it? Do rogue squadron. And she comes back and do the deal. I don't like the idea as a star Wars fan. I don't like the idea of star Wars needing people that much, especially someone who only has done three movies. Two were good. One was not good. Like 
it Star Wars should be where you're like, I'm sorry, we'd love to work with you. I, we're packed. It's a packed house. Like I don't like the idea of Star Wars trying to be like other shows. Like when people compared Andor to darker shows, I'm like, no, I, other shows should want to be like Star Wars. Other movie directors should want to be working for Star Wars. It shouldn't be like, well, will you come back after you do the follow-up to that bad Wonder Woman movie? I, I, I do find it interesting. I like that. That, and it, it just happens to be this person. It's not like I'm picking this because it's DC, but it is interesting that you have people like Zack Snyder who pitched a whole movie to Lucasfilm with his own ideas that they passed on. And he eventually went to Netflix, Rebel Moon or whatever that's coming out. Can't wait to watch yeah. it, but. They passed on him, but then they're asking her to come back. Like, it just seems to me like they're like, why, why are they so desperate for her to come back? They can't find any other directors. Well, to but do also, that movie. Okay, but, but let, let me jump in because this is my take on what she's saying. She says, I originally left Rogue Squadron after a long and productive development process when it became clear that I couldn't, it couldn't happen soon enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's saying, okay, every, so um, the way I take that is it's been a long process. It's very productive. Things are going on and it just, the, the timing is not happening. She's not going to be able to finish this movie. She wouldn't be able to finish this movie if she wanted to do it right before she had to go over and do Wonder Woman. So in that, it's not like a creative difference problem. It's her saying we were working, but it's just a timing issue. And then she said, because of that, uh, Lucasfilm asked me to consider coming back. So instead of abandoning all the work they've done, they'd be like, why don't you just finish it? Like, why don't you just finish it later? And she says, in fact, I am still on that project, meaning Rogue Squadron, and it has been an active development ever since. And she James, said, I think there is a piece here, though, that this often happens with these kind of things is John and I come at it from what has been heard and what could be said between the lines. And you're taking it for literally what she's saying. You're taking her word. Yeah. Yes. Whereas we've heard numerous things from all different types of people that said that things are not going well. Things are not what they should be. But also she says herself, she says, I don't know if it will happen or not. That doesn't sound like people were like, Rogue Squadron's back. The director herself is saying, I don't know if it's going to happen. So, I'm hoping then, it does. And then this past May, you had Kathleen Kennedy herself, who doesn't come out and say stuff like this often, said, Rogue Squadron, we have pushed that to the side. And then a few months after that, Disney finally removed it from the calendar and the schedule, which makes sense because, as Patty Jenkins points out, they weren't able to make it in time. My question is, from, the, from a perspective of optics, you know, we keep rooting for Star Wars movies like, oh, man, you know, and I get nervous when they're making one because it's like well, everything that happened, Lord Miller, like we all have this sort of like, I hate using the phrase PTSD about like, I hope this movie gets through to, mm-hmm. f- to the final finish line. Mm-hmm. Right. With Rogue Squadron, if they bring it back now, this all comes with it. The same way Solo dealt with all that stuff. And I don't know that it's like, if it was like an episode nine or Rogue One, two, You know, I'm kidding with that, but you know what I mean? Like a movie that they have to make. Uh, I'd be like, all right, they got to push through. They got to push through. They got to push through. But like this, it's a, it seems like it's a one-off. It's going to come with a lot of baggage. Like, and if it's not great, they're going to be like, you pulled her all the way back and changed your whole plan. Cause her, them bringing her back means something else is getting moved around. 
they're gonna be like for that so it has it's like one of those things where if they bring her back there's a lot of pressure now that it has to be good and you know her last movie is going to be because now wonder Woman wonder woman 3 is not happening gal gadot's not there so her is her last movie before rogue squadron going to be wonder woman 84 i don't even know if i if i trust wanting to see that like maybe I'd rather have another director in that chair doing this, like especially after Top Gun. Like, how are you going to match that too? So there's just so much to this, and I, I say that, and I don't want people to think that I'm just like raining hate on this. I'm just looking at everything that's been said by the president of the studio, by the director herself, mm-hmm. and the optics of this, and the history that they've had with these film productions. And people are chomping at the bit to kill Star Wars and Lucasfilm. I want them to succeed more than anything. This seems shaky to me. And the fact that she said, I don't know if it's going to happen, reminds me of Ryan Johnson now saying, like, I, I hope to God I come back when he had a three-picture deal inked. Mm-hmm. So it just, I, I just don't know. I just, I, I still it's feel like it's It's also like, it's like a happen. weird feeling when you hear, when you're hearing from major trades that her outline and story treatment for Wonder Woman 3 got completely scrapped. And then she's releasing the statement being like, yeah, it's not moving forward. I'm not moving forward with it. It's not moving forward. They're not doing it anymore. That then Star Wars kind of feels like her second choice. Like, it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess this isn't working. So now I'll go just go back to Star Wars. And it's like, okay, but from what we understand at the beginning of the year is Star Wars wasn't going well either. So it's just you get nervous because you're like, you want to see her succeed. You want to see these stories be told, but you have to question what is the right step moving forward? Because clearly James Gunn saying this isn't working. We need to move forward, mm-hmm. which by the way, he replied to her tweet and said, I can attest that all of Peter and my interactions with you were only pleasant and professional. I, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, like, and that's James, such a strange statement well, to leave after a tweet like this. James, I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on this, but the last thing I have as far as like, um, evidence i guess the best way to put it or the schedule is mm. right now their movies are uh like 20, 20, 2025 and 2027 or whatever like the next two slots i think so unless they like Iger goes back to adding one a year or something like that you have damon lindelof who's next they said um john kazan like confirmed that lindelof is making this movie uh and then you have with our next story we're going to talk about sean levy Talking about he he's he's definitely making his movie and that's calls be it the a next golden one. ticket yeah. Then you have Feige who's still doing something. So when would this movie even happen unless they go back to adding, you know, going back to the movie a year thing? You know what I mean? So I hope it gets made. And I hope it's awesome as always. But I don't know. I, I'm glad that you're more optimistic about it. But tell me, like, make me optimistic. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I can because I, I agree with what you guys are saying. <laughs> He's honestly. like, get out. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with what you guys are saying because I hear, I, I understand that there's a different perspective and I do generally take the people for what they say, the, the, yeah. the actual people and what they say for what it is. Like I have been someone for a very long time that has defended the Ryan Johnson thing because every time it gets brought up, they're like, oh yeah that's still happening and everybody's like wait what that's still happening and it's like right. it was announced you know and it yeah. hasn't been canceled so but um but when i look at this stuff my thing is like it seems like the defense of like why this isn't happening is because 
we're hearing. And I don't know what, you know, it's hard to follow what is really going on in, I guess, like Hollywood, but in a lot of like these settings where they're like, people want that clickbait title. And she even references it in here is like the attractive clickbait, false stories and why I walked away and why, and what killed it. I mean, she's kind of, she's referring to wonder woman three here and stuff, but it, it's like, there has been numerous times when James Gunn has been that, that almost like flashy tweet when somebody reports a story and James Gunn comes out and says, I don't know who you're, leak is you know who your rumor is or your uh person source, is yeah is your source but they're wrong and he's constantly saying uh that's not true at all yeah. you know to a lot of people and it's like which i appreciate i love the transparency so, i agree i agree i like that too so my thought yeah. is not every studio has a james gunn but it, it's almost interesting to think like if kathleen kennedy was like james gunn would she be on here saying Nope, that's not true to the all these things about why she was she, taking, she was not with Rogue Squadron anymore and stuff. So yeah. I, I do sort of take it as face value as this is it's not even her complaining about Rogue Squadron. She's complaining about DC, DC. and Wonder yeah. Woman. And in her statement, she's saying, you know, there there's this stuff and that. And the only thing holding it back is we've heard, but I'm like, I don't really I don't know who do I trust? Do I trust people that have heard and their sources and their and it's kind of gossipy rumor stuff or which can be true or does it seem like she's saying rogue squadron was going fine but there was a timeline issue i wanted to do wonder woman that was my priority now they've pulled that out from under me side note though i worked out another deal with lucasfilm that's still an active development you know they asked me yeah. to come back and finish the movie when i can so it's like that's fine and that's what it seems like you hear. So I have to sort of take that at face value. Although you do bring up a good point. There are rumors. There are, there is kind of background talk. And the message maybe itself it will, is maybe very Maybe that's defensive. not just that. Maybe there was more going on and she had to leave for other reasons, but. Right, right. And the message itself is pretty defensive. If you look through it, just like the language she chooses, the way she, you sure. know, starting off with sigh, like, ugh, I don't want to deal with this. So that you have to kind of take it at that level. I also, honestly, I'm coming from a personal perspective of mm. I've worked in PR. I've worked in that kind of marketing mindset of how do we spin this in a positive light so that even though it's bad, it's not coming across. Bad. Oh, there's no way her publicist didn't read this like six times. Right. So to your defense, James, of mm-hmm. taking it at face value, I'm coming from a place of I've heard excuses before or heard not necessarily <laughs> lies but I would say like tweaking or like twisting a little bit so that it comes a different way, even though the truth is, hey, this didn't, I'm not saying this situation in general, I'm just saying, or this mm-hmm. specific situation and- I'm saying in general, like it could be a terrible thing. They fired her, her script was terrible, whatever. And she could say, hey, it was a great experience. It just didn't work out because yeah, she doesn't and- want to look bad I- and they I'm don't want to look out- bad. I'm going to point out, you guys do have a really good point. I think it was John that pointed out that she specifically says, uh, what was it now? I, I hope it happens. I, I don't uh, even know if it's going to happen or something to that. Effect. I don't even Yeah, I don't even know if it's going to happen. So now I I think that's pretty good evidence that it's it's a little bit of a toss up right now. And it's not definitely happening because she wouldn't have said that. So that's that's pretty good evidence for that. Now, that also being said. I've defended Ryan for the same thing where when you get asked about things enough times, she's not getting asked a lot. Ryan is 
but sometimes she will be anytime moving forward. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sometimes you just sort of change up your answers. And I think there's a a very real answer of saying like, yeah, I mean, like, I hope it happens. Like it's on the schedule. I'm the one I got cast. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. it's like, Mm -hmm. you can still, and that moves into the next story. We have our next story about someone who has happened is making a star Wars movie. And he's still getting asked like, yeah, but, you got to realize getting the Star Wars movie so, and being official is not necessarily official. And he's like, yeah, I hope it happens kind of thing. And, and it's like, that's not a, that's not an admission of like bad things are happening. And it's probably not going to happen. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just use wording. That's like God willing. It happens. Right. I hope we get there and it does become a real thing. Right. And my, my like rant or whatever you want to call it on this, like my points on this, I didn't cite one rumor or trade or anything i just went by everything that was said by kathleen kennedy by patty jenkins the dates on when things were announced and stuff and her statement and all those things mixed in with the optics of their history with film projects this is supposed to be the all right we went through all that we're starting fresh we're going to do it right this time and if you start up with this again and it stumbles, it's like, what What are we doing? Our president has a year left mm-hmm. on her contract, uh, assuming like this gets into production. This can't this be the end of her legacy, basically. Yeah. So she wants again, to end on Indy 5. She does not want I'm, to end on Rogue Squadron. I'm I'm rooting <laughs> for the success here because I, I don't want to give fuel to people who like think Star Wars is dying. I, I hate that. But I we don't also think have it is. Be- I think it's pivoting. And I think we're seeing that all over entertainment, yeah. not just Star Wars. I think we're seeing it in DC, we're seeing it in Marvel, we're seeing it in Disney. Everyone is pivoting because they went one way during COVID, which nobody in this world could have ever foreseen how that was going to change everyone's life, entertainment, scheduling, production supply chain all these things and they're now pivoting back to what was before covid to okay how do we first of all make up the money we lost during this time period especially disney and how do we move forward in this new era of streaming and movies and everything else and i think that that's playing into this and definitely into what james gunn is doing um i'm sure there are a little there is a piece of creative choices that James Gunn's making. Obviously with the Superman thing, he's writing his own movie. So it's a different kind of superhero monster, if you will, over on this side. Uh, Uh, But with this in particular, I think Disney and Lucasfilm are pivoting. I think they're trying to figure out, okay, what's the next step. And I don't think it's wrong to take more time to figure that out. But as a fan, it sucks. It sucks waiting more time before another movie. It sucks hearing that things aren't going the way they should be going and things aren't working out and that, you know, we're not getting a movie for however many years and who even knows if that's going to happen now. Um, it's it's just, it's not great. So I'm just, I'm hoping for the best and I'm hoping everything figures imagine out, if, gets figured out. Imagine if James Gunn was the president of Lucasfilm and people were like, James Gunn's getting fired. And he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, just on Twitter. Yeah. He's just like, no, no. Honestly, I wish I was saying before, but I really wish Kathleen Kennedy did that kind of stuff and just corrected people. But at the same time, Imagine Kathleen Kennedy opened a Twitter account. She oh. yeah. But at the same time, she did do something similar to that in the spring with her Anthony Bresnikan article 
And she caused even more problems with her interview where she was trying to clarify some stuff. So Uh, I don't know. I think some people just unfortunately are in a position that no matter what they say or what they do, they're going to get criticized. And she's definitely one of those people. Um, Whereas James Gunn, I think, is just in a different position. And I'm not sure why, but I just think he is. It's just a harder time now because, you know, there are a lot of people with – like we're doing, I mean, we're doing now, you know, YouTube channels and blogs and social media. It's a different like, world. We live in a different in 80s, world than we did. People three, just four made years movies. Ago. You couldn't access them. They were a billion miles away from your, their ears were a billion miles away from you and they just made their movies. And right. now it's just like, we have the CEO of DC responding to some idiot who has a YouTube channel. It's wild times. It's we're in wild times. And then that guy just made a video with, with red eyes on James Gunn and made money. <laughs> That's what, yeah. He literally okay. posted the video being like, here's my response. And I'm like, why the red eyes? Who started them? Please stop doing that. <laughs> I kind of want to um, make thumbnails just to spoof that. Well, you know like what? That, it's unfortunate because Henry Cavill can't do that anymore now, unfortunately. So I know. Look, put Henry in Star Wars. No. Why not? No, leave Henry alone, please. I want he's him done, to start with other enough. You know what? I heard someone say that could he be the next Bond, and I'd be okay with that. He'd be a great Bond. Although they're rumoring the guy from uh, Bullet Train is going to be the next Bond. Who's that? That's a rumor. There's always rumors. Aaron yeah. Johnson, I think his name is. Aaron Taylor. The guy. That, yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson, the guy that played uh, Kick Ass. They're saying he's the rumored Bond. He's really good, but I don't see him as Bond. Neither do I, but I didn't see Daniel Craig as Bond either. And yeah. You know who's not um, going to be Bond? Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. Um, Who was just in Connecticut on the Christmas train, and I was about to go to that, and I didn't. And I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we can move on to the next story. I mean, there's still a lot more happening. going to be happening with Patty Jenkins. You're not going to that name's not going away for a little bit until something gets officially confirmed. I did want to mention quickly, people in the chat were talking about that uh, good point that we bring up every once in a while, especially about Patty Jenkins, that maybe Top Gun Maverick affected this as well. And I still believe that's a very solid point that James, that James Mm -hmm. said, as we were walking out of the movie theater, when he turned around and said, so is this going to affect Rogue Squadron? That's literally what he said when we were walking out, like down the stairs, around, out the door of the movie theater. He said that. Meanwhile, I, mean, I was it, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, feels, it feels a little bittersweet because I think that's that's a very valid reason why they could have not moved forward with Rogue Squadron. And if that's the case, then like, you know, how, how people, I, Imagine- I, I, I felt like I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And I sort of said it before I had heard it anywhere else, you know? But yeah, you said it literally. Like, we were walking down the yeah. stairs of the auditorium. <laughs> so then, but but that being the case is like now looking at what she's saying and saying how it's still sort of in development and she could come back and do it is that then that makes me wonder, well, you guys you guys saw Maverick, right? Well, <laughs> you I'm know, saying, I'm like, like, imagine... I'm like now you have to try to top that in a right. way. Top 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 that. Yeah. The crazy thing, though, is putting myself in her shoes. If I was working on a film like that and she did this whole video where she's getting into an X-Wing on like down, you know, she's going down the the road like in Top Gun where there's planes flying around. And then she sees Top Gun Maverick and she walks out of the theater and she just goes, well, 
She's like, Damn. darn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. You just go home and you just hold the delete key as it erases your whole screenplay. So it's like so somebody's like making a, a mafia movie in like 1970, and then like The Godfather comes out and they're like, well, well it's been fun. <laughs> maybe I'll try a boxing movie. We'll see what happens. I mean, they'll still do it. Like, there's yeah. always like the Jungle Book, and then there's like Andy Serkis's Jungle Book. You know, it's like, yeah. Uh, okay. Like, there's always like one movie that somehow like comes out around the same time that's like the same thing. But you mean like No Strings well. Attached and then Friends with Benefits, where it was the exact same movie? Oh, just yeah. One yeah. has I Ashton mean, Kutcher and one had Justin yeah, Timberlake. Through, Armageddon, Deep like, Impact. <laughs> the prestige and the illusionist and stuff yeah. like lots plenty of them that have that's happened um but let's move on to this next story because we want to talk a little bit about sean levy and how he was doing an interview and talked about the honor of making a star wars movie and how he's going to be what he's putting into this movie because of how important it is to him and even more so comments on kind of what we were talking about before is like you know do you, do you think you're actually going to make it to the process of, of day one shooting? Uh, because we have been hearing a lot about people who were announced and then it never happened. And this is him coming out and saying, yes, yes, I'm going to do a star Wars movie. You can't stop me. Basically. I'm paraphrasing that. That's not his quote, but that <laughs> is that's, that's pulled in an article. You Sean can't says stop you me. Can't yeah, yeah. Stop. James is like, oh, <laughs> yeah. It says it says uh, you can't. I stop am me. inevitable. Hyphen, hyphen Sean Levy. Hyphen James Bain. Like <laughs> it's like me quoting him. Yeah, and we have some like questions in, uh, in the chat. The yes, it is Sean Levy that is known for Deadpool. Yes, 100%. yeah. All right, so um, let's get started on this one. Uh, Lacey, do you want to do you want to kick us off on your thoughts on Sean Levy about this interview and how so this he is, may actually make it to filming? This is with Collider. Mm -hmm. It oh. is with Collider. Yep. So this is an interview from Collider. Uh, they spoke to him about a bunch of different things, but then, of course, as always, Star Wars does come up. It's always that like little thing that they always ask about, um, which I get because you get clicks because we all want to know everything about Star Wars. But um, mm -hmm. so his most recent project was the Adam Project, right, which was on Netflix with Ryan Reynolds. And then mm -hmm. he is now doing Deadpool 3, which, as we know, has Hugh Jackman in it, which is going to be epic. Uh, talk about pressure on that film. Um, but he then goes into working on star Wars and he said, quote, uh, here's my attitude. I have this golden ticket into a, ga a galaxy far away. He forgot the second far, but that's fine. Uh, I'm going to devote myself to a developing a screenplay that gives me the privilege of making this movie. I don't attach to things because it looks good in a trade announcement. I attach to things that I intend to make and you better believe I'm not going to squander the juiciest of opportunities. Uh, I'm going to work my A off, bleeping for the kids out there. Uh, but first, I got to work my A off on making Deadpool. So it's definitely longer term planning. I truly appreciate this because he's saying, look, I'm not doing it because of the prestige that comes with Star Wars or saying, hey, I did a Star Wars movie. I'm doing it because I like Star Wars. And it is a dream golden opportunity for me to work on this franchise. And we've always said it here and we stick by that. We want to see creatives in this galaxy that care about Star Wars. Now, at the same time, we have applauded Tony Gilroy in the past for gutting Star Wars movies and not caring about Star Wars. But mm -hmm. there also is something really special about people like a John Favreau who have grown up 
or J.J. Abrams especially because J.J. got into movies because of Star Wars that love this universe just like we do and care about it and want to do a good job. Um, so everything that Sean has done so far, didn't he do Free Guy too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah ha- has been creative, interesting, different. And I feel like that's something that I'm really, really wanting to see with Star Wars in the future is just something we've never seen before. Something new, not tied to the Skywalker saga, completely different, even weird. I love weird Star Wars stuff. Like Jabba the Hutt is like one of the best things to ever happen to Star Wars. And it's so crazily weird. This huge puppet that like a bunch of dudes Admiral are in. Admiral Akbar. Like, Admiral Akbar. Like just give me creatures. Give me weird. Um, and I think Sean will do that with the humor that we would expect from all his other movies. I mean, he's doing Deadpool. Um, now I have a question for you guys. He does work with Ryan Reynolds a lot, obviously. Would you guys be okay if Ryan Reynolds was in Star Wars? No. No. Yeah. He does have a certain like act that he does now. Like it's very mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds. Um, mm-hmm. but I might be okay with it if he's an alien. I think he can't be himself, but oh, if, like he's, yeah, he's be in a an alien or something. Yeah. No, no, no. Like an alien, like a creature with a mask or something. Like, oh, that has, his... like a big part. But you're yeah. saying it's still his voice and his attitude and his delivery yes. of lines yes. and stuff? Yes. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I feel like it would be st- – yeah, I'd see right through it. You'd be like, that's Ryan Reynolds. Well, guys, let us know in the comments or in the chat right now if He's you like, want to see Ryan Reynolds. to in- light speed now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all right. That sounded like Jim Carrey um, more than Ryan Reynolds. No, I oh, like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> but uh, – no, I think it, another thing to remember about Sean Levy is that uh, the thing that really put him on the map is Night at, Night at the Museum, those yes. movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> which are another like sort of like look into his creative uh, imaginary side and how that's family oriented and ba- basically like wholesome, clean, fun um, that is pretty enjoyable about everybody th- from everybody. Um, John, did you have any thoughts on uh, Sean Levy and, and his comments here outside of what Lacey was saying? Yeah, no question. You know, again, the, you know, these are situations where we're, we're, you know, rooting and hoping that these things happen, especially when you hear um, and you get like the tone of his passion and stuff. And he's very um, accessible in terms of like how regular of a guy he sounds when he talks. And he's like, yeah, Steve, you know, I remember you know, seeing your tweets about Andor and I, I really was looking forward to watching it. He doesn't feel like, you know, you see like an interview with like James Cameron and it's just like, I, I am nervous that that guy's going to bite my head off. Where this guy, there's just like a warmth to him and it, he seems like a regular kind of guy. His startup, he, you know, there was no nepotism here. He, he started with being an actor, getting bit parts and TV shows and worked his way up, started directing. And now you see the stuff he's creating. Like Lacey said, it's a lot of unique stuff, a lot of, you know, um, creative things like we live in this world where it, we are in reboot sequel havens for for box office and stuff and he makes a thing like Free Guy which I didn't particularly love because I went in thinking it was something different than it was but I admire the fact that he's like I'm just going to do this and some studio trusted his creative brain enough to be like let's go let's do let's go for it let's do it and it was so, unique it was different yeah no question. And then the other things he's he's done, you know, his work on Stranger Things, like people forget, they say that the Duffer Brothers, you know, but that's a lot of content. And he directed a lot of those episodes from season one, and he's going to be doing stuff in season five. Um, that's a big deal because you're dealing with a young cast, uh, kids who are 
coming of age. They're becoming superstars themselves. A, a monster ensemble cast where all these characters have a lot of arcs and depth and stuff. And you have to do it in this time period to make it feel that way and make this crazy, weird, fantastical upside down stuff seem like this is believable, you know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's there's a lot that goes... And the special effects on Stranger Things is otherworldly too. And there's great. And that's a big part of being a, a good director too. So I... I like all of that aspect of it. And then what, like you said, Lacey, what, what he had to say about it. It's not a thing where he's like, uh, like the, he's the opposite of Tony Gilroy. You know, like you said, he, Tony Gilroy is like, I'll do star Wars when I'm ready. Or you know, how he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. Whereas I'll, I think I'll, Sean's yeah. approaching it. I want to do it, how it's supposed to be done. Like how but I also, would expect it to be done. But also he's like, I'm going to work my ass off. And I, I, I'm saying A because you said kick ass before. So I think we. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't here. realize that. That's fine. Yeah. And, you, and Lacey, you cursed before you bleeped yourself to eat or two. So <laughs> Did I? Yeah. What I'm like, uh, uh, oh, pff, I'm not repeating. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is he, him saying like he seems to be a huge fan he seems to want to run through walls to make this happen and mm-hmm. he knows you know he knows he's very dialed in he, he's reading steven weintraub's tweets about andor he is t- like tuned into what's going on and what i mean by that is the atmosphere around star wars it's not sexy to be a part of star wars right now if you're a director and he's like i want in though i want to be the one who's like yes being directing star wars is still cool it's still the gig it's still the bread i want to be that guy to be like yes and i want to work hard i want to earn it all everything he's saying is right and it doesn't feel pr to me it feels like a guy who really genuinely loves this and i'm very excited to see what he comes up with based on his track record um and just like the same thing with patty jenkins you know when that was announced, I was like, I can't wait. I'm rooting for this. I want this to be good. So I'm hoping there's no stumble blocks here. It seems like this is more measured. He's like, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Deadpool 3 first. That's getting done first. Then come talk to me. Yeah. Then it's Star Wars time. And it's going to be, you know, I'm going to put my full attention to Star Wars. It's not, I'm here now. Oh, you want me now? Oh, you don't want me as much? Uh, I'm not sure. This guy's like, no, the, here's the deal. And this is how we're going to do it. And I really right. like that a lot. And I'm excited to hear more about what he brings to the table. And also, you know, maybe he's that 2027 slot. So we have a while to, to see this thing. But um, everything he said and his passion about it gets me excited. And I'm going to, like what I do with all these Star Wars directors, I'm going to root for him and hope that uh, we get uh, something great out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kind of like he does. He is excited about doing it. And I do believe what he's saying uh, as far as being like excited about a Star Wars project. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, why would I mess that up? That's that's the that's the goal. That's always been the end goal. If you would have told me that I was doing a Star Wars project years ago, I wouldn't believe you. And now that I have the opportunity, there isn't anything that's going to stop me from making that movie. You know what I mean? There isn't going to be another project or another money that's in amount of money or something that's going to pull me away from that. And I think that's very nice and refreshing to hear. And in a way, like I I know it's a weird comparison, but like if there wasn't, you know, all this craziness about Ryan Johnson and stuff, he, he kind of reminds me of that same vibe in the sense that Ryan is like, I love star Wars. I want to work on star Wars. I, I want to come back and do star Wars. Like it's not ever been like, 
um, yeah, that was great. You know, I had a good time. And, you know, even like JJ and stuff is like, you know, I, I thought I was handing it off and I was not going to return to star Wars. And then I kind of got pulled back in and okay, I'll do Mm -hmm. another one, you know? So it's, it's kind of like that, but like, I feel very positive that Ryan would love to continue to do star Wars and hearing this from Sean Levy is also very refreshing in like what you guys had said, a sea of other people who are like, like, it's going to be a good opportunity for me. You know, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's good to hear, but like, I want to, I want to know that hey, call like it a golden ticket, you know, I want the confidence that says like golden ticket, you but give yeah, me Star Wars, a lot of those you're going to have to, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. That's <laughs> Wait, they, de- they were dead? I don't well, they don't tell knows. you, they don't ever tell you what happens to the kids. I thought they just got like sent home. You understand one of them goes into a tube of chocolate. One of them blows up the size of a balloon and needs to be squeezed or juiced. And then one of them goes down a trap door and then the other one gets made really, really tiny. Yeah, but yeah, all of those can be fixed in this fantastical world. If you can make somebody tiny, you can make them big. I think the insinuation is that. (laughs) That's that's (laughs) what happened to him. Willy Wonka's killing people. Like bad stuff didn't like they didn't come back from that. <laughs> Maybe um, I'm wrong, but that was I thought that was what they were saying. Anyway, but I just found oh it funny God. that he's like, I got the golden ticket. I'm like, okay, but like four out of five of those kids didn't do so well. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that, that is Charlie. a funny comparison. No, but but like I said, I, I think like you know, they gave me this opportunity and they're gonna have to drag me away from it. You know, because I'm making a Star Wars movie. You know what I mean? There's nothing that's yeah. going to stop me, basically. And again, I'm paraphrasing. You didn't say that, but that's really the vibe that I think we're supposed to get from that interview. And that's that's what I got out of it. Um, also, he, he seems like one of those guys that every picture you see of him, or at least that people use of him, you're like, looks like such a nice guy. <laughs> he looks like he's having a great day in every photo. Like he looks like yeah, he looks really like a guy like... that you wouldn't you wouldn't yell at if he like complained about his food at a restaurant. You'd be like, oh, oh, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about Boba Fett. If you yeah. guys want to do that, so we can move on to our next story here, and that is um something that is a little bit older news but we didn't really get an opportunity to talk about it and we we do think it's sort of important uh that um tamara morrison has gone on record to say that the boba fett that we got in the book of boba fett really wasn't what he was hoping it would be and he want to make he wants that character to be cool he wants that character to be that mercenary um you know hard guy who's gonna you know um kill anybody any at any chance and you know that stuff exists in the book of boba fett but i think it is one of those things that when we heard that that was announced and we had we seen him in after we had seen him in mandalorian we thought that's what the book of boba fett was going to be about and it very quickly set a new tone at the beginning of the show saying i'm done i'm done with that world i'm walking away i want to be uh presentable you know what i mean i want to be honored you know kind of thing and there was it's a good story for a character like that but i think after years and years and years of of understanding the boba fett character for what he was a lot of fans are coming at 
at it the same perspective that he is. This is so, this is similar to the Mark Hamill thing. Like, yeah, I loved it. I was a great honor. I loved doing the thing. I kind of thought it was going to be different, you know, and I'd like to see that happen in the future if possible. You know, I don't necessarily agree. <laughs> it would have been funny if he said, I fundamentally disagreed with, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the way Boba Fett yeah. handled <laughs> That would have been funny. It's like verbatim what uh, Mark Hamill said, but yeah, I don't know, John, what are your thoughts on his comments about the character in the future, meaning Mandalorian or potentially the Book of Boba Fett season two? So, yeah, I think I don't know that I, it's been confirmed. I think he is going to be in Mandalorian season three. Um, mm-hmm. He was reading lines on a beach. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> But I I agree with him, you know? I think he is saying that because he seems to also pay attention to responses to things. And I think um, I enjoyed Book of Boba Fett, but I enjoy all Star Wars, especially live-action Star Wars um, specifically. Um, so it's hard for me to be the gauge. But I, I think Boba Fett wasn't received as well as like Mando or uh, even Obi-Wan and uh, Andor. But and I think he may feel like the same way some of the fans who saw that felt, which is like, I want to see Boba Fett, the bounty hunter. You know, he was that mysterious character. We didn't really know much about him. He was just cool. And that's why people liked him. And we got the exact opposite of that. And they turned a um, a side character, which is really what he was, and gave him this monster arc and really fleshed him out and stuff, which I think is cool. But I think long-term, I don't know that that serves Boba Fett best. I think Boba Fett is best in short doses of awesomeness. Uh, and I think that's what he's looking for. Uh, so I don't know if we're going to get a book of Boba Fett season two necessarily, or they branch that out to something else with Cobb Vanth, which that cliffhanger would uh, lead us to believe. I think we are getting more of uh, Boba Fett without question. I think uh, Lucasfilm loves Tim. Morrison, I think f- fans obviously love Tamara Morrison. You know, we had you know Mike Ramori, one of our patrons, saw him at one of the bar tiki bars or whatever at Celebration, and like was able to just hang out and talk to him. He seems very like again like a, like a Sean Levy, he just seems like a regular nice guy. And he he's accessible and stuff like that, um, and he loves being with the fans. He loves being Boba Fett. He, the fact that he's back doing this, I think he probably thinks it's crazy. The similar way that um, Hayden Christensen thought he would never come back. Here we have Tamara right. Morrison coming sure. back in, in great shape, loves doing it. So if there's a if there's room for Boba Fett, I think there's a future there. And I would love to see more Boba Fett. But I do want to see, you know, him and his ship, you know, tracking people down and beating people up. Like that episode um, we saw with uh, his return in The Mandalorian. And I think people like when they think about Boba Fett's return, I think that's number one for most people on their list of that. That episode was like crazy when he got his armor back and just started doing wild stuff in the tragedy in that episode. So I, it'd be, I'd be honestly ridiculous if I'm going to sit here and argue with the guy who has played Boba Fett for that long, Django Fett and Boba Fett for that long to say like, no, you shouldn't, you're wrong. You shouldn't play the character the way you want to play it. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't want to play the character the way everyone remember that character for 40 years. So I I liked what we got with Book of Boba Fett because then we could take that with us and apply it to him going forward. But I want to see Boba Fett do cool pew-pew blow-up stuff, bounty hunter mm-hmm. stuff. And sometimes that stuff is just way tastier than 
nuanced uh, character study of a guy who was just an action figure bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lacey, any thoughts on Tamara Morrison? Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think there's anybody that probably knows the character above that better than George Lucas, you know. Uh, but Tem is right up there. He's played him for a while. He he knows him. He wanted to bring him back. Um, and like John had just said, we were kind of talking offline before the episode. The That episode of The Mandalorian made me like Boba Fett. I did not like Boba Fett before The Mandalorian. I just thought he was kind of lame. I felt like his death and, you know, Return of the Jedi was not great. He was kind of a chump. He, like, falls in. He's a comedic moment. The Sarlacc burps after it eats him. Like, it's it's not like a an honorable death, I would say, you know. Um, so when he came back and he was, you know, pistol whipping stormtroopers and blowing dudes up with his knee rockets and blowing ships up and stuff. <laughs> Like, it's really hard to then argue, oh, but I really liked the, you know, parts where he was meditating with Tusken Raiders. Like, I'm sorry. I really like seeing him beat people up and fighting. And, like, that's just what I like to see with that character. Everybody has their favorite things that they like. I love seeing him just do crazy, awesome fight scenes. And I think all three of us, kind of expected that in book of boba fett when we were going into it like oh based on this episode that robert rodriguez did where he's just totally brutal and savage not not even that based on the trailer that they put at the end of the mandalorian where he walks in and shoots yeah um bib fortuna bib fortuna kills him over the throne you're like oh that's not respectable that's what Boba Fett would do. And then he shoots him and rips like, his body off the throne. Yeah. So it's like not just what we got, but like what we got as the trailer for the show. Yeah. The teaser. I yeah. would just like to see him be a bounty hunter again. And I think that's where they left it, uh, as people are saying in the chat as well. Um, I think Tem is not wrong to want that. Like he loves seeing his no. his character do really mm. awesome, cool, like awesome things you know john mm-hmm. favreau originally pitched the show as a boba fett show and wasn't allowed to do it so he made the mandalorian and the fact that he's now allowed to let boba fett play in his sandbox that's a big deal and he wants boba fett to have a little bit of backstory so everybody everything's explained on why he's back but at the same time like we have to see him back in his prime like doing making him the cool bounty hunter that we all expected him to be for the past 42 43 years and mm-hmm. Book of Boba Fett had those moments, but I think those were some of the best moments when he, how he destroyed the Sarlacc with the seismic yes, charger, so cool. how he mowed down the tribe, even though they weren't the ones who did it. Um, him and Mando fighting in that finale together and how he kills where, Cad Bane. Like, that where was, was it where he was in crazy. Slave One and he was shooting them from like, he was shooting them as they were running away? Book of Boba Fett. What, I know, was that Book of Boba Fett? I didn't yeah. think it was that Mandalorian, yeah. but yeah. Because they were the ones who he thought killed the Tuscans. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so that's all the same thing, yeah. Um, yeah. He'll, yeah, so uh, I, and, uh, based on what the chat's saying, I, you know, I think we all agree he's going to come back and just uh, maybe more, yeah, more of that. Yeah, especially in Mandalorian classic related content. Boba style, yeah. Um, can, 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 I, can I give a little bit of a hot take? <laughs> oh, 
Okay, here we go. Go I ahead. I think it's spicy, and I'll probably not. It'll probably not be received very well. But um, just a reminder to James Bainey, we are live here. <laughs> no, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that, um, and, and I should say at the beginning that I I do agree with this, and I'm I like the book of Boba Fett, and I'm fine with that. But I understand the sentiment of like we were expecting one thing, and we didn't get it, and we'd like to see that. You know that. Uh, the story was fine what it was, but, you know, maybe we wanted something different. And I'm in mm-hmm. that boat, too. Mm-hmm. But I'm not always on board with the argument that, like, Tamara Morrison knows Boba Fett better than anybody. And I know you guys said George Lucas and a couple other people, too. It's not a take against anybody, but I think that argument gets held up a lot. And I'm always Are like, you talking about, like, Luke Skywalker? I mean, that's I another think that's one. probably the biggest one, I would say. The Does biggest Mark one Hamill is know? people saying yeah. that, you know, Mark Hamill knows Luke Skywalker better than anybody. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Some of this stuff is tough because I get that they were those characters and they played those characters. And like, if you really want to say, like, who would be the most real of this? It's like probably the live action actor who played that character. But I do, I think it's a case by case basis sometimes of like who might know a character better because sometimes I think the the writer might know them better than the person who acted it. Or in some cases, like perhaps, and I don't know this, I can't base it on fact, but like, is there a writer of a, Bo- a Boba Fett series from Legends that just completely deep dived the character and totally understood him for years and was writing books about that character over and over and over again, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. they'd know that character deeper than the person who technically portrayed him on screen, you know, and stuff. So, I, and I, I'm also one to say like, when fans and actors get into arguments back and forth, it's it's usually that fans will side with the actor who played a character and say like, well, they, you're wrong. They know them better than you know them as a fan. And sometimes I go, not necessarily. I think there's a lot of cases where fans understand the fictional character better than the person who played him. And not maybe maybe not always in Star Wars, but definitely in other shows. I where didn't, they're like, so hold on. No, I'm not saying this about you. Well, go ahead. I was going to say, I never said, uh, I, I said, who am I to tell the guy who play, has played this character, Django and Boba, how he should want to, like, how he should want to play the character. Like, if he's out there saying, I want to play this version of the character, who am I to say, like, you're wrong, dude, you shouldn't have played Co- that version of the character. That's Co- what I'm correct, saying. Correct, correct. Yeah. But, I, but I think what I am stating is, I believe there is or could be a fan out there that's saying, man i disagree i don't think you understand what boba fett is about in this in this particular case i think most would say that they would but but going back to the luke skywalker thing i think plenty of people would say you know uh, you know this or that about other characters or other characters portrayals and what how the actor has an opinion on how that character should have been portrayed or something along the lines i I I think mark hamill's probably the biggest one in star wars yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm just saying. I, I think it's a, it's a trend to say that nobody knows a character better than the person who played them. And I'm always like, I think there absolutely could be. I think there could be. Nobody fans. knows. I, think there could be I don't I think, think there could be creators. Because I did mention this. I don't think I was saying mm-hmm. they know them better than anybody else. But I do think that there is a strong argument that someone that's been playing a character for a very long period of time probably knows, knows them the very well. 
very well, yes. Yes. I have two that I think are universally undeniable. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm wrong, but C-3PO with Anthony Daniels and Carrie Fisher as Leia. You don't think Mark Hamill knows his character? No, I'm saying two that because th- you've just said people have argued with Mark Hamill about mm, you know mm-hmm. whether or not. I don't think anyone would ever say like Carrie Fisher doesn't know best as to what Leia is and C3PO with Anthony. Daniels, I think Anthony Daniels is probably the biggest one. That's his like, whole like everything you're persona. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a, I mean like may- maybe a weird example, but like like who knows Han Solo better, Harrison Ford? You know what I mean? Or Lawrence, Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah, or Lawrence Kasdan, you know, and it's like that maybe not is not a thing you'd think about. But if if Han, if Harrison Ford ever did have a weird take on Harris on Han Solo, I think fans would come to his defense like, who knows Han Solo better than so and so? But it's like, I, you know, there's an argument to be made that the the writers or the you know know them mm-hmm. better, or maybe even George Lucas knows well, them better the, than Harrison Ford. The that the relationship, <clears throat> the back and forth relationship between a director and an actor or something like Spielberg and Harrison Ford right. about Indiana Jones, like him saying like, well, why I have a gun. Why wouldn't I just shoot this guy? And he's like, yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think it's case by case too. Like in some cases, Harrison Ford in the, in that case would say, this is what I think Han Solo would do. And like a writer might be like, you know what? You're right. That, that is better. That's better than what I had and vice versa. It goes the other way around. So, yeah. but I, I'm just saying, I, I, I don't always like that argument sometimes, not that it's like a, a, a tried and true thing or something, but I see it pop up every once in a while that nobody knows, you know, X fictional character better than the person who played also, him. And I'm like, I bet a lot of fans know them better than the person who played him because they've studied and obsessed and they know that and they read all the books and they've read the comics and they know that character better than probably the yeah. person who played yeah. Superman on that show or something. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Um, that's it for resistance report this week. Uh, do we want to go anywhere else? I'll get, hand it back to you, well, John. I wanted to, so Lacey, you did this reaction video to, you know, it's not Star Wars related, but sometimes when we do the open chats to close the show, we talk about a bunch of different stuff, but you did react to, um, and I hope everyone's been enjoying these like different things that we've been doing on the channel just for these reactions, because there are other things we like and it, you know, we're still doing the same amount of Star Wars content, if not more in 2023 than we have been. Um, so that let's get that out there. But you did you did a reaction to the trailer for the new Adam Driver movie, 65. And I thought you were pulling my chain because I'm like, there's no way Lacey's not dialed into what people are saying on Twitter. And you were like, no. And she reacts to the trailer and you had no idea it was about dinosaurs and it just like flipped your lid. Yeah, it was it was crazy. So when I saw the teaser trailer come up, I was like, oh my God, Adam Driver in a movie that's scary. This is going to be epic because you know he gives 110% in anything that he's in. Like he and never. The trailer looks great. It mm-hmm. Well, the teaser trailer at first, where he's like in yeah. the cave and the alarm goes off. So now, obviously, you know, it's a monster movie, but you just know it's like 65. You're like, what could that mean? It's clearly like he's got a space gun, it's some type of space drama. So all day yesterday, I was, you know, it was a crazy day for me with work and everything. So I didn't get to watch the teaser, the trailer and I wasn't online. So I didn't see anything about it. It was a very weird day for me because I'm usually online a lot. I wasn't. And these guys know because I usually check in throughout the day in our discord of like what's going on. 
So that night we had had a call, the three of us to talk about like what's coming up next year, which we're very excited about and Patreon and stuff like that. And I had mentioned, oh my God, I haven't had a chance to watch the Adam Driver trailer. And James had said, Lacey, you got to do a reaction to this because it's good. It's great. Mm -hmm. So last night I was exhausted. There's a I was surprise like, in it that would be yeah. great for you to react to, which John <laughs> yeah. has already said what the surprise was. <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of went into it being like, oh, it must be <laughs> super scary or something. You know, I don't know what it's got to be. So the next morning, this morning, I did a reaction video and I have to say it is my most, I would say, it's been my best reaction I've ever done because it was so genuine and so like, wait, what? <laughs> what did I just watch? Because it was going one way and I'm like, oh God, scary monster, scary monsters. He's in space. Now he's on earth. What? What's going on? Oh my God. And then there's dinosaurs mm -hmm. and you're like, what is happening? And the whole time you're getting hit in the face with like Adam Driver's got guns and he's fighting stuff and he's rolling around and there's creatures everywhere and there's raptors. And you're like, wait, this isn't Jurassic Park? Because you're just so used to and trained that anytime you see a dinosaur, I know I am, you think Jurassic Park. And it's yeah. it was just, it was so awesome. And it just well, makes me, first of all, miss Adam Driver and miss him in Star Wars. And two, miss the character Ben Solo because I feel like that's just a glimpse of like what we could have gotten if he stuck around as the good guy in kind of like army scenes. And yeah. listen, I, I saw a lot of people sort of um, expressing that wish as they like shared stills from it because they compared it to him waking up uh, in TLJ. You know, he's laying down, he wakes up, stuff. And they were people are good at making those side by sides. You know. Oh my people god! Someone made one where Ray is touching the wall, and she's like, they had said like she says like show them to me or please show them to me, and it was him and the girl. And the, they were insinuating, like, what if it was him and their daughter or something? Oh, my God. People are great. People do great. <laughs> I had heard, like, 65 is a risky title because it, like, doesn't tell you anything. I but had no idea. And then I felt dumb at the end of this reaction. I was like, oh, 65 million. million years ago. Yeah. <laughs> but I had heard that and they, they changed it because they didn't want to upset Star Wars fans that originally it was going to be called The World Between Jurassic Worlds. No. Oh, my God. I've now heard this joke three times today. This is the third time, guys. Once in our Discord, once on Twitter, and once here. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, this, oh, stop. This you don't have to applaud. Stop. Stop. Thank you. This was interesting, too. I'm because... always testing his jokes before he gets to the show. Yeah. Oh, you don't like... think comedians do that? They go to these like dirt clubs and try jokes out. The, uh, my I love that. I'm a dirt Twitter. club. James and I are the dirt club. They no, try Twitter, it. We don't... Twitter No, Twitter is. <laughs> and we don't react. And then he goes, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to keep moving I'm... forward with this joke. I'm going to start trying my stuff out in, on the hive because I heard that's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh god <laughs> this this uh this trailer i i think was a very good trailer um to market a movie what is it nice john want want there you go i'm sorry um, people in the comments are blowing yeah, up john right now some, being like nice drawing. <laughs> um no i think it's a very good trailer to market a movie uh because i feel like and and john you just recently did the scream trailer and I don't think there was anything in that trailer that made me feel like I was watching a mini movie, you know? 
I like that world of like, when I put on a trailer, what I would like it to do is take me on a journey for two minutes, almost like as if it's a short film. And there have been a lot of trailers that people argue like, Oh, you just told me the whole movie, you know, as if they're trying to take you on that journey, but they told you everything. I was like, why don't trailers just take you on a journey that tells you the premise And in this case, it's the premise. It's like they set you up and they made you believe it was in the future. And then they tell you the premise with a twist and a reveal. And it's shocking. And it it makes people be like, yo, did you see that? So that movie trailer. So from a marketing perspective, I thought, wow, what a what a what a big twist. And I feel like we've had a couple other movies where like as the trailers come out, they continue to be like, okay, I thought this was going to be like that based on the first trailer. Now I'm seeing this and it just gets people like talking. I think, I think marketing like that needs to be done more often. And in this case, I I very much applaud the the studio behind that trailer because I hope it's good. Great. Cause it looks good. I enjoyed watching it, but I can tell you right now it's going to make money. Because people are interested because of dinosaurs and Adam Driver. Adam and Driver doesn't place. make money. Yeah, and doesn't quiet make money. place. Yeah, Adam Driver doesn't make like money. money. No. What was that movie he did with uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon? It, it like tanked. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, nobody wanted to see a movie about someone <clears throat> doing terrible things to women. Like nobody wanted to watch a movie about that. All right, I that's mean, the whole like, premise all, of the movie. It's all of Adam Driver's movies. Yeah, he makes well, really good movies, but he doesn't make. No, I, know I think he's been Wars, strategically yeah. choosing movies that are more on the award circuit side. I'll say this, Lacey, based on the budget for this, I don't know what it is. I, I'm sure it does well. I agree because it looks it looks really good. And it's another. Here's another thing, like Jurassic. Like when you think of like what, what's a good dinosaur live action movie, people are like I don't know, it's just Jurassic Park and its sequels and stuff. You don't know, like, and Lacey, you'll know what I'm saying. And I know we got to wrap up in a minute here, but. You worked at WWF for a while, WWE, e. whatever it was at the time. E. That when WCW went away, WWF, WWE got worse because there was no competition. Jurassic Park, in my opinion, has gotten so stale because it's like this is our lane. We keep making the money. We'll just do whatever we got to do. Now that you have like another movie that may be really good with live action dinosaurs, Jurassic World, kind of like we were saying with the Rogue Squadron, Top Gun thing, maybe like we probably need to get back to business here and, and like get back into quality. You know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. like that there's another live action dinosaur movie. And they look great. The dinosaurs look great. To, yeah. Like the Jurassic world stuff. I will tell you though. Am I wrong is though? Is that the T-Rex's scream? That's like the growl from Jurassic park. It's like they use the same sound effect. Right. I'll hear it again. I'm not sure. Cause I think it's like one of those things where like, if you do anything different than the Jurassic park T-Rex, it's not going to sound right. And people are going to be like, that sounds but terrible. Apparently T-Rex's don't so sound like iconic. that. No, I and understand they, that. But I'm yeah. saying like, you can't be accurate to dinosaurs because if somebody sees an accurate dinosaur, they're going to be like, that's wrong because Jurassic park is so iconic. I did notice something though, that gave me a bit of anxiety in this trailer outside of just like, obviously dinosaurs trying to kill you. Um, there is a shot of him when he says uh, his character says, OK, we're going to get you go- get you home. And it's him and the little girl walking towards the camera. And there looks like there's meteors falling from the sky. And I mm. thought in my head, I swear to God, if they kill him at the end of this movie and he dies again, uh, I'm gonna oh, lose during, my- it's during the extinction. 
there's meteors falling yeah. from the sky and i was just like if the if he dies again i'm gonna lose it i'm, I'm gonna be honest a, with you a, a brontosaurus is gonna give him a kiss of gratitude before the last I, meteor hits. i don't know if they're gonna do like the the extinction you know ending go look Although at the trailer they're point. they're coming know, across the sky yeah see that but I watched that trailer and my gut reaction to it is they both die because they, they've ended up in this other world and they can't, they're not going to get out. There's no, there's no way to break this like time loop that they've, they've ended up in. It's going to be about family and it's going to be about just being okay with the fact that they found each other. And this is, this is okay. Oof. that's an adam driver movie that's the adam driver movie is it like the, the hero <laughs> who do i need to tell because i remember over the summer and this goes back to the beginning of this episode james gunn it's i'm getting a headache from this james gunn <laughs> at san diego comic-con talking about guardians of the galaxy 3 said just because the story is ending it doesn't mean the characters need to die. And that was like a bright beacon of storytelling for me. I was like, correct. People don't need to die to end the story. And I don't need to, I don't know who I need to send this memo to in Hollywood to stop killing everybody. Yeah. I mean, so I hope he gets out. What if he doesn't his... get out of it, I'm going to get in my car, drive to Ohio to yell at James in person. <laughs> Because he's just ruined this movie. Well, you can't you can't spell driver without die. So, <laughs> I mean, if you look at his movies, like I can't even. I can't. The Black Klansman. I can't. The I report, can't. Marriage Story. I love that. If I did, if I said any of these things Gucci. on Twitter, I'd be finished not, again. I so cannot deal with all the death. I'm yeah. so pumped that Wolverine's coming back because he glad, it means I'm, he's not I'm dead. Pumped. I'm pumped that people have a sense of humor in the real world. Um, <laughs> all right, let's. We got to get out of here because we have our Patreon. Go watch Q&A, my reaction, by the way, if you haven't watched. Uh, at ten o'clock. So if you are a patron of TRB, which by the way, if you haven't yet and you're able to, I uh, know holidays are a tough time um, with money and stuff. Um, but Patreon.com/slash Resistance Broadcast. Uh, our tiers start at five dollars per month. We have a lot of extra content we do over there, and we're we had a meeting last night. And we are very excited about our 2023 and beyond. I'm pumped about it. We feel energized. We're ready to go with this new channel, this new venture. It's TRB time. It's going to be the year of TRB, hopefully. Uh, but go join us over there. Patreon.com. Driver not dying. Patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. And if you are a patron, we'll see you at in about seven minutes for our Q&A, where you can ask us questions about anything. And I think a bunch of you already did. Oh, 1030? 10. 10. 10. One or the other. <laughs> I might have put 1030. All right. Well, hopefully we'll see you guys soon. Uh, but you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and uh, my movie podcast, just like the movies. Um, we're doing uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone's first movie called Orgasmo. And we're going to be doing that next week. Uh, James, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. Lacey. I love basketball. I love that movie. It's a good movie. From them. I remember when I watched it, I thought it was so funny. And me and my sisters would quote it for like, we still do all the time. Steve Perry. 
There's a lot of good quotes from that one, yeah. That movie is so good. Anyway, people can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillern, on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillern. Um, and just so you know, TRB has updated all our social channels, so we are now on every single platform at TRB Podcasts. Right. So no more searching for different names or different descriptions. All the same. Yeah. At TRB Podcasts. You can find us all over the place, including tiktok which we will be uh posting soon and we're very excited about it uh with some reactions and stuff like that um yeah. but other than that i am super excited for our holiday show next week we have some really cool stuff uh and we're already talking to like guests for next year it's gonna be a great great year mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. it is um did you do your uh twitter stuff Lacey? yep yeah i did I all Thanks right I'm trying to trying to do my outro here. Thanks for yeah. listening to me. Uh, if you were late, uh, <laughs> you will find this podcast on the channel, but you will also find us on AK John Roca. John Roca, we're talking about you. You're late. <laughs> oh, he's late, but he's here. Hey, buddy, Yanks signed uh, Rodon. Good. We have to talk about it. Good stuff. Um, but tomorrow, the podcast apps will get the episode up for audio. If you don't want to look at these beautiful faces, uh, but Monday, we are getting into uh, pre-New Year hype mode for The Mandalorian. Because believe it or not, come New Year's, Mandalorian Season 3 is only two months away, folks. And we are just going to talk all about how excited we are and what we've heard so far from all the interviews and get into full-on why we're hyped about Mando Season 3 on Monday. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for hanging with us. If you go see Avatar this weekend, have a great time. Apparently go to the bathroom beforehand because it's seven hours and it's all about water. And he already said water. he doesn't care where you go to the bathroom. He doesn't care. It doesn't matter. When you're James Cameron, you don't need to care about anything. <laughs> I can't all. wait to see it. I'm hyped. I am so mm-hmm. hyped about that movie. I can't wait to watch I tr- it. I got to rewatch the first one again. But anyway, have a great weekend and we will see you Monday with another episode right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>